Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give God praise? Yes. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'd like to have my lovely partner in crime to come up here. Karen, come up here. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are grateful and thankful, and we want to pray a blessing over each and every person. And we want to thank God for every person that has ever walked and graced this place with their presence, uh, past, present, and future. Amen? And we're grateful for them and grateful for what God has done. Father, we just pray a blessing upon this house, upon these people that are gathered here today. We celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and celebrate our anniversary that happened to happen on Easter Sunday. And we're so grateful for that. And we just pray a blessing of prosperity and abundance and healing right now in the name of Jesus over every person. And we just pray for those that have went on to heaven. We're grateful, Father God, for what their impartation and their impact here. We're grateful for Vivian Hines. We're grateful for those that have, have went on. We're grateful for those that have found places in other places and other sheepfolds. And we're just so grateful. We, we're grateful for their time with us. And we just bless them, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that we're looking forward to you splitting that sky open. And we're all going to come together as one big family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. I didn't recognize myself. Hallelujah. We've done a lot of crazy things over the years, but God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not as crazy as we used to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I love what Jesus said to John on the Isle of Patmos. And I want to read it to you. This is not my text, but uh, I'm going to read it to you because I just love it. And I just think we just need to meditate on it over and over and over again. But he told John, because when John saw Jesus on the Isle of Patmos... He saw Jesus in his original form, the same form that he had before his passion. He saw him in his glorified form, and it caused John to faint, to fall down at his feet. And uh, Rick Renner, (coughs) um, he's a Greek scholar. He says that the actual Greek says that Jesus, John's lying on the ground, and Jesus is actually written down and said, John, John. Fear not. Fear not. That's how much Jesus cares about you and I. Amen? Did he deserve for John to fall down at his feet? Absolutely. Jesus deserves. Jesus deserves a good faint every once in a while. Come on now. But Jesus was concerned about John. And he reached down and he said, fear not. Notice what it says. Fear not. I am the first and the last. Actually, it's a play on words. We use Alpha and Omega in the Greek, but he's basically referring back to the first verse of the Bible in uh, Genesis 1-1, where it says, In the beginning, God created the Aleph Tav, the Alpha, the Omega, because it's the Word of God that created everything. In the beginning was the Word. Amen? And he says, I am the Aleph Tav, which is the first and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Alpha and Omega, the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. Guess what? There's not anything that's named that uses words that he has no authority over in Jesus' name. He has authority over all sickness and disease. He has authority over all demonic hordes. Anything that is named and is named and will be named, he is master and Lord over. He is the Aleph Tav. Amen? And he says, I'm the living one. He said, I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. 
Praise God. And I have the keys of death and of hell. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, when uh, the enemy tried to, you know, attack my body several times, I'd just say, nope, 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 nope. You don't have the keys. You don't have the keys. I said, you don't have the keys. Praise God. Only God has the authority. Amen? Only Jesus. So let's look at uh, John, the first chapter, John 1. And it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? That means the light cannot overmaster it. The light can't dim it. It can't obscure it, and it cannot make it undistinguishable. In fact, when it says that it overcome it, it means that it overpowered. The light overpowered. It uh, appropriated. It, uh, the darkness could not absorb it. The darkness could not overtake it. And the darkness is unresponsive to it because when light comes in, darkness disappears. Amen? Darkness isn't, you know, we turn the lights off here and then we turn them back on. Darkness is not over in the corner resisting the light. It has to leave. Amen? Praise the Lord. And it says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear uh, witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not to light, but came to bear witness about the light. <coughs> Excuse me. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the word did not, world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right or the authority to become... Children of God. (coughs) Hallelujah. I'm sorry. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out. This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from him, for from this fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And I want us to function and, and flow with this phrase, for from his fullness... We have received. For from his fullness, we have received. Fullness is a a very important word. It's a pleroma in the Greek. And it means the actual full sum and substance of God. The full sum and substance of God. See, the resurrection wasn't just about Jesus being raised from the dead. It was about giving legal access to the Holy Spirit to anyone who believes in the resurrection of Jesus and confesses him as Lord. God comes to dwell on, in, on the inside of the believer. Amen? Now we have the ark that is here. And the ark in the Old Testament was the throne of God in the tabernacle. It was symbolic of his throne in heaven. And it was his touchstone or his touch point in which he communed with Moses and the high priest. He would commune upon the, the, the top of this ark. This ark is vital to understanding what God has done in us. Because I want you to see today that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus was so that God could move from the ark into your heart. That the throne that he had physically does not, it, it does not even equate 
with where he wanted to be enthroned in the hearts of men and women. Praise God. And we have received his fullness. Now, you may not be experiencing that fullness. You may not be understand that fullness. You might not have a revelation of that fullness. But I'm here to tell you, you have everything that you possibly could ever need living on the inside of you, the fullness of Almighty God. And the only way that that fullness is realized is through revelation knowledge, getting into the Word. Getting your mind renewed so that you're able to realize and appropriate what God has done within you. Religion is always reaching out and trying to grasp. Religion is always trying to get the carrot at the end of the stick. That religion is always trying to get God to do something through my conduct and, and through, I, through my behavior. But I'm here to tell you that regardless of who you are and what you've done, if you've received Christ Jesus, if you've accepted His gospel, His fullness is now on the inside of you and you don't have to pray Hello, come on now. You don't have to pray to get things that Jesus has already done on the inside of you. Amen? So the crux of the New Testament believer is understanding what's in the box. Amen? That's really the crux of it. It's to understand that his full sum and substance, Greg, is on the inside of you. That means that everything he is, everything is about, his entire government is on the inside of you. The kingdom of God does not come by observation, Jesus said, but the kingdom of God is within you. It is within you. So that means the health system of the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. That means the financial system of the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. That means that everything that you need, the relational health that you need, the ability to have strength and do what God has called you to do is already on the inside of you. You have the pleroma of God on the inside, the full substance and sum of His presence, of His power, of His might, of His glory is dwelling on the inside of you. Amen? Now let's look over at Colossians. Let's just back this up. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. It says, for in him, talking about Jesus, all the fullness, there's that word, play Roma, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Go right ahead. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Okay? So Jesus had the full sum and substance of God. He was 100% God, 100% man. He had the pleroma of God living on the inside of him. Now that would be great if that was just it. I mean, that's pretty good. Amen? I serve someone that is 100% God. And 100% man. And he has the full sum and substance and total of God. But the New Testament has even better news for you. So let's drop over to the second chapter. The second chapter in verse number 2.9. For in him the whole, bo- the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Next verse. No, no, no. Go back. Go back to Colossians. Okay, well, all right, let me, let me read this verse here. All right. This one? Which one? It's off on the panels. The computer's off. It won't, it won't reset. Okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll read it. Okay. It's uh, Colossians 2, 9. For in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. And notice it says, verse 10, And you have been filled in him. So it's not just about Jesus receiving the pleroma of God, but it's about the transfer that has happened in your life. Now, you are not God. You are not a God-man like Jesus, but you are a man and woman of God. You are a new creation. You're a hybrid being that never existed before. 
God dwells and abides in you. He said, I will walk in them and I will talk in them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Amen. I'm telling you, there's more to the resurrection than just celebrating that Jesus was raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead for a reason. He was raised from the dead so that he could inhabit the throne of our hearts again. Amen? Amen? So one of the things that we focus around here is found in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. And it's the great prayer of the Apostle Paul. And I'm telling you, we need to pray this prayer every day. Every day of our lives. Amen? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. Next verse. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Now, see, that's the secret. The secret to finding out what's in the box. See, the box moved. The box isn't in the tabernacle made with hands. The box is on the inside of you. The ark, you're now the ark of God. You're the ark of God. But we've got to get an awareness of what we have. And there are three objects in the ark, and we're going to talk about them, and they all have bearing on what God has put within you. Amen? And they're the three things that all humanity needs, and they're the three things that are the only things that humanity needs. Because once you have these three things... I'm here to tell you, you can walk in victory and overcome. Doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. Doesn't mean you're not going to have situations that are going to go crossways in your life. It just means you're going to be well able by God in you, the hope of glory, Jesus Christ, to be able to overcome. Amen? Hallelujah. Notice what it says. It says that the, having the eyes of your heart, go back, to, go, go to 119. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Notice number one. The first thing that he wants you to know is the hope to which he has called you. The King James actually says the hope of his calling. And you've got to understand it's all about him. It ain't about us at all. It's his calling. People say, well, I'm called. No, it's his calling. It's his calling. Well, my call, my this, my that. No, it's his calling. I'm a part of his body. I'm one spirit with him. I am a part of the body of Christ. In fact, my body is a part of Christ's body on the earth. Amen? But it's his call. It's his anointing. It's his ability, not mine. Amen? And he says, what is the hope to which you have called were called, and what is the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, that's number two, and then the next verse, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. You can stop right there. Notice there are three things listed there. There is the hope of his calling, the riches of his inheritance, and the immeasurable greatness of his power. Now, within the ark, according to Hebrews chapter 9, there were three items. The tablets of stone that had the Ten Commandments that were etched. They were the broken Ten Commandments that were etched by God himself. And then the pot of manna. And then Aaron's rod that budded. Isn't that a beautiful? That's a beautiful job. That's a beautiful job right there. Amen. A rod that budded. Okay, so there are three things. Well, the Apostle Paul talks about three things. He talks about purpose, provision, and power. Purpose, provision, and power. When we're talking about the pleroma of God, we're talking about the full sum and substance. It's going to be in three areas in our lives. The ark has moved. Christ is, uh, God is no longer limited. The veil was torn. He came out and now he makes his habitation in the believer. And if you're a believer here today, 
God's full sum, and I, I'm going to say that over and over again because you need to get a hold of it. His full sum and substance lives on the inside of you. Praise God. It said of the Messiah that the government shall be on his shoulders. Well, guess what? God, Jesus, lives on the inside. So the government that was on his shoulders is now on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit and all of his all of his grandeur and all of his glory dwells and abides in the heart of the believer. It's a spiritual reality that needs to become a physical reality in your life. And it can only become through the transference mind renewal of seeing what the word of God says and believing and embracing it. Because the enemy doesn't want you to know this today. He just wants you to sing songs about how great it is that Jesus was raised from the dead. And isn't that wonderful? And go on your merry way, not realizing that his resurrection life came into you when you received him. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. And that same spirit will quicken your mortal body, will cause it to come alive, will cause kidneys to start going again, will cause hearts to be healed and restored, to cause cancer to leave your body, to cause deliverance and setting free captives. And not only in your life personally, but it can be transferred to those that are lost and are dying and need Christ in this life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He said that the tablets of stone, which was God's divine will that showed the disparity between the holiness of God And who he was and how fallen we were. These weren't meant to save you. These were meant to reveal your need for a savior. You know, these represent the purpose and plan of God for humanity. For us to operate in these because these reveal the nature of God. But we didn't have his nature. We weren't made, you know, participators in his divine nature. We were lost in our trespasses and sins. And so he had to reveal that to us. So he brought the law. And he said, this is where you were before you fell. And it was in total contrast to the world in which they lived. Because the world was filled with sin and depravity and all kinds of things. And so when he brings this law in... You know, people began to say, oh, my goodness. But man in his pride began to think, well, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, we can do this. And they began to create religions based upon this. And that was never the intention of God. The intention of God was to bring man to the pleroma, the full sum and total of his presence within But in order to do that, he had to deal with sin. He had to deal with the curse that was upon humanity. And so he gave us his law. And it showed us how short we really were. Amen? Amen? We're going 80 down the highway, and then a 55 sign popped up. And we said, oh, my gosh, I I need to correct. Amen? Amen? So now, what are these? Are these obsolete? Absolutely not. This is the divine plan of God. This is God's high standard for our lives. But we and ourselves could not fulfill this. So praise God, he sent his son. Amen? And he fulfilled the law. He, he fulfilled it in his life in every way possible. He was without sin, without blemish. He was tempted in all points like as we, but yet without sin. So now God brings in a new plan through the death, burial, and resurrection. 
And he says, I want your eyes to be open to the purpose of God. One way he said in the Old Testament, he says, I will take my commandments and I will put them within their heart. Praise God. We don't have to follow a letter of a law. We have to be led by the spirit that wrote the, come on now, that wrote the law on our hearts. So we have the purpose and plan of God on the inside of us. Everything that this entails and everything that this, you know, goes out to be in the different subsets in direction in our lives, in the fulfillment of God's design and plan, we can know the will of God for our lives because His purpose is now within us. You don't need to search for your purpose on social media. You don't need to search for your purpose on television. You don't need to search for your purpose at bars and grills and all kinds of different things. You don't have to go to happy hour to get your purpose. You just need to know that your purpose and plan is on the inside of you. There is a schematic on the inside of you that God has put on the inside of you. That he wants you to cooperate with his word and with his spirit and begin to see the glorious things that God has planned for you before you were even born. Amen. I don't have to have someone tell me this. I don't have someone tell me that. I don't have to get it from man. I don't have to get it from college. I don't have to get it from school. I don't have to get it from the things of this world. Praise God, it's been deposited on the inside of me. Every letter and every chapter and every verse and every book that was ever written about me in heaven is now on the inside of me. And I just simply need to, by faith, Get into that word and get into the presence of God and I'll begin to get revelation of what I am and what I'm supposed to do. Everybody wants Disney Jesus. Disney Jesus says you can be whatever you want to be. But I'm here to tell you that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that you were created unique for the times and the seasons in which you live. That God has a specific plan, plan for your life. But praise God, it's not outside of you. You don't have to perform to get it. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to do the religious dance. All you have to do is simply believe that the pleroma of God, the full sum and substance of God is on the inside of me. And that means direction for my life is on the inside of me. Because the Holy Spirit, the one who leads and guides in all truth, lives on the inside of me. Amen? Amen? Are you awake out there? Hallelujah. He says that you may know what is the riches of his inheritance that is within you. Oh, we're always looking for the provision of God outside of ourselves. We're always trying to find the next big deal, the next big contract or the next, come on. But we need to realize that this manna, This manna here was angel's food. Did you know that? It was angel's food. In fact, it wasn't just a superfood. It was a supernatural food. It fed and revitalized and strengthened millions of slaves that had come out of bondage and gave them the strength to be able to travel in the desert and not wear out and not grow sick. Hello. The manna represents the provision of God. And praise the Lord, the provision of God lives on the inside of you. God's provision is on the inside of every believer. His abundance, His supernatural, super food is on the inside of you. Amen. Now, they called it manna. And uh, manna was very interesting in the Hebrew. It means, what is it? What is it? Amen. 
You ever had your kids come in at dinner? What is it? What are we going to have? Well, that's exactly what this is. What is it? Because it requires your seeking his face to understand and know what it is. Amen? Because it becomes what you need. It becomes what you need. But it may not be in the form that you think it should be. God always answers our dilemmas through his word. Always answers. And basically the word begins to tell you, what is it? What is it? What is it? And that's really the question when we, when we seek d- divine guidance from the Lord. Say, what is it, Lord, that I need to see? What is it, Lord, that I need to hear? What is it, Lord, that I need to step in? What is it, Lord, that I need to do? What is it? But I'm here to tell you, you're not saying, where is it? Oh, you didn't get that. You're not saying, where is it? You're just saying, what is it? And that requires seeking God. He wants you to seek Him. He wants you to get in His lap and begin to seek His face because He wants to tell you what it is. Well, son, it's going to be this, and this is what I'm going to do in your life. Daughter, this is what I'm going to do. You need to just do this and do that. Well, I don't understand. What, what, what is it about that that I need to do? Just follow me. Just be obedient to me. Just partake of it. Just begin to make your meal out of this. Begin to make it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you with me? What is it? What is it? What is it? You might be in a hospital room this morning. What is it? What is it, Lord? You might need a financial miracle this week for your business. What is it, Lord? What is it? But I'm here to tell you, you never ask, where is it? Where is it? Because it's there. It's just going gonna, gonna to take the form but you need it. He, he is still, I am that I am. I am what you need to be. I am what you need me to be. I, one, one, one translator says this, I am that. I am. Oh, you didn't get that. I am that. I am. Lord, I need healing in my body. I am that. I am. Lord, I need physical, you know, sustenance to, to, you know, for my family. I am that. I am. I need my business to prosper and grow. I am that. I am. I need my son saved. I am that. I am. Come on now. What is it? Praise God. The provision of God is already on the inside of you. Amen. We don't need to beg God for manna. It's already been given. We don't need to beg him. We don't need to say, oh, if you just do this and if you just do that, it's already done. Notice the Apostle Paul in that scripture says, I'm praying that your eyes would be opened to what you already have. Not what I'm trying to give you, but what I've already given you. You see, we don't need to beg God. If we're a son and daughter of God, we don't need to beg God for anything. Praise God. Jesus is our yes and our amen to all the promises of God. Amen. Do you believe that? Praise God. So we have his provision, but it takes a form that we have to ask sometimes, what is it? What is it? Because God's taken us on a journey. God's taken us on a road trip. That we will not return the same way we went. Amen. The provision of God. You know, the blessings of God aren't just simply to change your circumstances. They're to change you. Because when you start eating this superfood, which is represented by the word that's on the, that you're holding in your hand, you can't help but be transformed and changed by it. Amen. Amen. But then he goes on and he says this. I'll tell you what, God's got good news for us today. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
He said it was Aaron's rod that budded that was in the ark. Well, this represents authority is what it represents. See, our power doesn't come inherent within ourselves. We don't have intrinsic power. God is the God of all power. What he has given us is the authority to use it in his name. And this rod represents the name of Jesus. Now, this rod's very interesting because if you know the story back in the Old Testament, you know, people were rising up against the leadership. You know, they were rising up against Moses and Aaron, just like they do today. You know, they rise up against all kinds of leadership. People just do that because we're rebellious little creatures. And, um, and so, basically, God orchestrated a test. And they were to bring their rods, these families, uh, these families that were contesting the authority of Aaron and of Moses, and they were to bring their rods. Now, what do their rods represent? They were to bring their authority. They were to bring their authority. Because each of the heads of these families, the head would have a rod that would symbolize that they were the head of the family and that they had authority over that particular clan. And so they were well recognized. When you saw this with someone, you were to respect them, you were to reverence them, you were to give them uh, your attention. They were people of great importance. A lot like a father in a home, although we've lost that in our nation today. A lot like, you know, a a leader, uh, you you know, in our day. They carry a certain level of authority. Guess what? You carry a level of authority in your life as well. So they brought this and they said, you know, you bring your rod and, and you put it, you know, with Aaron's rod. I'm going to get Aaron's rod. And uh, there's going to be something that's going to transform and change, you know, overnight. And guess what happened? Well, the rod has been long disassociated with the tree that it was taken from, long disassociated with the root system, long disassociated with the ground. It's a dead stick, okay, or a dead branch. But all of a sudden, they came back to get their rods, and only one of them budded out with almond blossoms, and it was Aaron's. Now, what's the symbol of that? Your authority didn't come from the ground. It didn't come from the root system of this world. It didn't come from the thinking of men. And it didn't come through the praise of men. It came supernaturally from God. Your authority. See, this represents life. Remember, in him was life. And his life was the light of men. Well, guess what? God's life is in this old crooked stick that caused it to be able to bring forth life, which represented in the budding of this branch, showing that we don't have to rely on the world's authority system, that doctors are not the final authority, Come on now, that politicians aren't the final authority, that no human being ever breathing upon this earth has the final authority. God has given us His authority, and it is God-ordained because He has put His life into this dead, oh, come on now, into this dead vessel that I, he is the vine, and I am the branch. But praise God through his name, I'm bearing much fruit in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, you have more power than you ever thought you would ever have. You've got more power than all the power of this world combined. The same creator that created the sun, that creates more power than anything, you know, that we can see in the natural. He created it. That same creator lives on the inside of you. So the one who created the sun lives on the inside of you. Therefore, he says, all power and all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go!
the full sum and substance of his authority. In Luke chapter 10, the disciples were sent forth. He basically took his authority, he handed it over to the twelve. They went out throughout the cities and they began to cast out devils, heal the sick, and raise the dead. That's what this does. Not in of themselves because he transferred his authority over to them. And they said, man. He said they returned with joy. And they said, man. He said, even the demons are subject to you, subject to us through your name. And Jesus, you know, I've, I've taught you on this before, have I not? I've taught you about, you know, he, he, it says he rejoiced. Now, this is not how he rejoiced. I rejoice. The actual Greek means he spun around and he said, I told you! I told you! See, Jesus is excited when we take his authority... When we take what he's given us and we use it the way he wants us to use it. Amen? He gets excited about it. And he says, you know what? Behold. That word behold, that means he gets excited. Doesn't mean behold. You know, like Jesus in the movies. Behold. No, he says, man! Wow! Actually, it could be translated, wow! Wow! See, Jesus was far more animated than we've made him out to be. Wow! He says, I have given you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer, going through the gate beautiful. Jesus passed through this gate. Other disciples had passed through this gate. This man had never walked. Day of Pentecost had come. The pleroma of God, the full sum and substance of God had came into the disciples. Now they're walking in the temple in a new way. They're walking with this. The man begs alms. Says, man, could you spare a few coins? Could you spare a few drachma for a brother? Listen to what he said. And look at this. He said, look on us. He says, silver and gold I don't have. But such as I have. Oh, and the, you, you guys didn't get that. I, maybe I need to go over here. He says, silver and gold I don't have. I don't have anything in my pockets right now. Doesn't mean they was broke. Just right. mean they didn't have anything. So silver and gold, I don't have. But such as I have. And it says that uh, the man that was at that gate that was lame in his feet, he expected to receive something. See, that, that expectation came. Amen? That's faith. That expectation came. And he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he pulled him up. And the man walked. Yes. He began to run and leap and praise God. Why? Because of this. 
It's not authority steeped in whatever school you went to. It's not an authority steeped in who, what group you run with. It's not an authority that's steeped in how much money you make in this world. It's not an authority that's steeped in anything in this world. That's the reason why he chose a stick that is not tied to the root system of this world. But yet he chose to put his life in it so that it budded and bore fruit. And that's the authority you and I walk in. There is a lot of talk these days about the authority of the church. In fact, politicians and government officials have made it a major hot topic. What is the authority of the church? Well, the church is not essential. But, you know, weed stores are. And so is, you know, you know um, where I can go get uh, my booze, you know, from. That has to be open. But the church can't be open. But I'm here to tell you, our authority is steeped in God. And if we'll rise up and begin, when the enemy begins to rear his ugly head, begin to... That's the problem. That's the reason why we've seen what we're seeing today, is because we're not using our authority... Jesus said this. He said, on this revelation, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Hallelujah. That word church isn't building like we're in today. Oh my goodness. The the enemy has taken that word. And made it mean what it doesn't mean. It's the word ecclesia in the Greek. And it means the legislative assembly of God. That means, and then he goes on and says, And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, the enemy hates that sound. He hates it. And every time you use the name of Jesus, that's the sound that's made. Father, I pray a blessing over Greg and Misty and their business and their family. And I pray that they will abound and increase and grow And all the desires and dreams that you put within their heart will come to pass in Jesus' name. You see what I'm saying? That's exactly what happens. Father, I lift up my brother right now and I speak. Mr. Mueller, stand up there right now in the name of Jesus. Stand up right now. Hallelujah. I speak life and health into every fiber and cell in his blood. And in his body, and we curse this attack of the enemy, and we command it to cease right now in Jesus' name. You see what I'm saying? Now, you don't have to bang a cane. You don't have to have this. This is not nothing. This is nothing. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm here to tell you, friends. When it comes to provision, when it comes to the things that the enemy is trying to do, you've got to you've got to have the the Sanhedrin called Peter and John. And they said, you know what? In whose authority? Because it wasn't Sanhedrin authority. It wasn't religious authority. It wasn't steeped in Herod. It wasn't steeped in Pontius Pilate. And man, fallen man just can't handle that. In fact, one of the main questions they asked Jesus is, By what authority do you do these things? I submit to you. 
that our lives should reflect that of the Master. And that we should be holding the rod of his name and pronouncing blessing and cursing what needs to be cursed to where people will begin to ask us, by what authority do you do these things? I'm telling you what I need CNN to ask me, what I need Fox to ask me, what I need, you know, the, you know, social media to ask me. By what authority do you do these things? It's because I've received the pleroma of God, the full sum and substance of his power in my life. And I am a part of the legislative assembly. I bind what needs to be bound, and I loose what needs to be loosed. People are asking, I want a move of God in my life. Well, I'm here to show you what a move of God is. You just saw one. Now, I'm not God. Don't make, make any mistake. Don't go off in here and say he, he said he's God. No, I'm a part of the body of Christ. And a move of God will only come through the body of Christ. It won't come through the government. It won't come by who you voted for. It's not going to come through a Democrat. It's not going to come through a Republican. It's not going to come through an independent. It's going to come through the ecclesia, the one, the ones who have the purpose of God written in their hearts, the provision of God on the inside of them, and the power of God through his authority. But notice what it said, because, you know, this absolutely will do you absolutely no good if you don't get this point. And it's found also in the third chapter. Peter said this. He said, why are you asking this of us? You know, seeing that this man's been healed. He said, through his name, but notice it says, and faith in his name. Notice that. Not just the name, but faith in his name. See, this rod won't do you any good unless you fully believe in the name of Jesus. That it is a name above every name. That at that name, every knee should bow. Of things in heaven, things on the earth, of things under the earth. You've got to believe that. That when you invoke the name of Jesus, Kirby, it's settled. It's done. When I pray and I seek the face of God and I bring my provision and petition and intercession before the Lord and I invoke that name, it's done. Hello? Hello? Come on now. Oh, my goodness. The enemy hates the name of Jesus. He hates the name of Jesus when it's spoken in faith, understanding the full authority. That's the reason why he said that you might know the exceeding greatness of his inheritance and the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. We don't have it in the sense that we... I can pull my wallet out, pull it out. I have it by authority in the name of Jesus. Amen? And we have to get our minds renewed because the days are dark. And there are people in your neighborhood, at your workplace, there are family members that are lost in darkness and they need the resurrection life to light on their, on their life. And the only way is if we walk in, we do our jobs, we go to school, we uh, operate in our neighborhood with God's purpose and plan written in our heart, with the glorious inheritance that's within us, 
and with the authority that God has given us. You walk in a neighborhood with the authority of God. You walk into that school with the authority of God. You walk into that place of work with the authority of God. And when troubles come, don't shrink back from them. Just like Peter and John, they said, you know, R.W. Shambach used to have a message where he said, when they saw that lame man, they said, what did we receive just the other day? Well, we received the Holy Ghost. So they began to operate as Jesus operated. Now listen, this is my last point and I'm closing. The, if I were to ask majority of people that are churchgoers if they would like Jesus to personally come and minister to them, lay their hands on them, commission them to be healed, if I said, would you prefer that, majority of Christians would say, yes. If Jesus could just come into my hospital room or come into my room or come into my kitchen and I could see him and if he laid his hands on me, I just know that I would be healed. Jesus himself spoke against that. He says it's expedient that I go away. He says, you know, that word expedient means it's to your advantage. So that means this. Now, please do not take this wrong because your religious sensitivity, I can see it bristling. Jesus said this. I didn't. Listen very closely. Jesus said what he did through the death, burial, and resurrection and the sending of the Holy Spirit is superior to him being there physically. Because why would he say it's expedient? It's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter's not going to come. So that tells me this. That even greater than the physical ministry of Jesus. Now we know he's not in his physical ministry anymore. But in the physical ministry of Jesus. But that's really what we want. We want the physical ministry of Jesus. Jesus come. You know how many ever have prayed that? Jesus just come and touch me. Jesus just come and fill me. Jesus just come and. Listen. Jesus said. If you drink this water. You'll never thirst again. But what do we do? I'm thirsty Lord. You're not thirsty. He said, if you eat of this bread, you'll never hunger again. Lord, I'm hungry. No, you're not. Positionally in Christ, you are not. You might be physically hungry and physically thirsty, but Jesus in his fullness has filled you to where you should never thirst and hunger for God ever again. See, we're confusing passages from the Old Testament where they were thirsty and where they were hungry. But Jesus said, you eat of the bread that I give you, you'll never hunger. If you drink of the water that I will give you, you'll never thirst. I'm here to tell you, there is a complete work on the inside of you. Now what they're talking about is zeal. Not hunger and thirst, just zeal. I desire God. I'm zealous for God. That's different than hungering and thirsting. Because if you're, you know, it's it's just like people will say, Lord, give me power. How many have ever prayed that prayer? I know I have. Well, you're making him a liar. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What I'm telling you is everything you need is here. It's in the inside of you. That's what the death, burial, and resurrection does. 
He said, it's expedient that I go away, because if I don't go away, then this isn't going to happen. The Holy Spirit's not going to come. The pleroma of God is not going to fill your life. You're not going to have the substance. You're not going to have the full sum. You're not going to have that. You're going to constantly be in a religious game. But when the Holy Spirit came, all this stuff came with it. And it doesn't deplete. It never depletes. It never leaves. It is the full sum of His fullness we have received. And to those who believed on Him, to them, He gave them The authority to become the sons of God. That's why we should celebrate resurrection. It's nice that Jesus rose, but if it doesn't translate into your life, then it's just something that we can equate to a a tale or a myth or a legend. But when you receive His fullness... When His resurrection life surges through your body by faith. When you see it heal you. When you see it heal others. When you see it moving. Notice He talked about living water. Living water is water that's in motion. He said, I will walk in them, I will talk in them, I will be their God, and they will be my people. I am one spirit with Christ. As he is, so am I. I am unified because he has come to live on the inside of me. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm not looking for divine life. Divine life lives on the inside of me. I'm not looking for power. Got power in abundance on the inside of me. I'm not looking for provision. The provision of Christ. He is my inheritance. He is my substance. He lives on the inside of me. And I'm not looking for any more authority. I've got the most and highest authority. The authority of Jesus Christ and His name. I am well equipped to live this life. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. I have been raised up with Jesus Christ. I am the legislative assembly of Almighty God. Whatsoever I bind is bound. Whatsoever I loose is loosed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Can we lift our hands and give God praise? Hallelujah. I can't think of a better day to make Jesus Lord of your life. If I could have the ministers come up right now, I just want to give you the opportunity. The opportunity to make Jesus Lord of your life. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I can't think of a better time, a better day to make a decision to reconnect. Listen, He didn't leave you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. But you may want to be make a commitment this morning. Or maybe you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is God's gift to you. God will fill you with His power. And it is available right here, right now. If you need healing in your body or you need deliverance, these ministers will be able to help you as we close this service out. Amen? So don't walk out the same way that you came in. God has something for you today. He's got an entire gift package. And this gift package, it's priceless. It's free. But it costs Jesus everything. And if you want to receive that in your life, or you want to begin to see that manifest, these people will pray to help assist you in your eyes being opened to what Jesus has already done for you. Listen. You are not a victim. Let me say that again. I mean, that needs to be said in every...
place where people gather. You are not a victim. You were never created to be victimized or a victim. You have the fullness of Jesus Christ. And if you have the fullness of the highest individual in the entire creation living on the inside of you, victimization is not the language you should ever be talking. That doesn't mean that life's going to be perfect. doesn't mean that you're going to get all your dreams and wishes true. just simply means that you are well able to stand against the adversity of this life to speak to mountains and see them removed, to behead the giants in your life in Christ, and to be able to rise above and become who God has called you to become. And that is the greatest gift you could ever have. And that's what this day is about. Jesus was raised from the dead. If he lives, we live. Amen? Amen? Father, we just give you praise and we celebrate the goodness of the Lord. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. We thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what it means to us. And right now, we go forth with your power, with your anointing, with your provision, and with your purpose going forth and achieving your objectives, your plans for us. And we know that we will go in great power and great authority in Jesus' name. Amen.